Welcome back to the Sarpy County Tourism pregame show. Jake Eisenberg with you, getting you set for an 11:05 first pitch between the Omaha Storm Chasers and the Syracuse Mets. It's game two of this six-game series from NBT Bank Stadium in Syracuse, New York. And we're now joined in the Sarpy County Tourism pregame show by one of the broadcasters of the Kansas City Royals on Bally Sports KC. It's Joel Goldberg, fresh off a trip to upstate New York, a little bit further away from Syracuse and Cooperstown. But now you're back in KC, Joel, and you were in Cooperstown for the Hall of Fame induction weekend, specifically for Buck O'Neill's ceremony and, and all the pomp and circumstance that surrounded that. What was the experience like this past weekend? It, it just incredible. Thanks for having me, Jake. And I feel a little pressure, too. I mean, I'm following in the footsteps of the Vinny Pasquantinos of the world, uh, which, which of course, you know, you, you've always been great to us to share some of those interviews with us so that we could prepare for these guys as they, they come us in the big leagues. But um, it was... I think everything that people might think just just unique, special, moving. Um, I had never been to Cooperstown, which surprises a lot of people. It might surprise people that my broadcast partner, Jeff Montgomery's never been. I don't think Rex Hudler has ever been. And I think part of that is that, you know, we work all summer long. And so I, I have yet to hear anybody recommend going to Cooperstown in the winter or upstate New York in the winter. Uh, understandably with the weather and so we never really have had that opportunity and to be there for history and it was history because buck o'neill is 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 was such a special human being and so much more than just baseball and to to be aligned with the negro leagues baseball museum here in kansas city and to have had their president bob kendrick on our pregame show i believe more than any guest we've had in my 15 years here um, I, I knew it was somewhere that I had to be, I wanted to be, and, and I don't ever miss games. I certainly try not to. Um, and it was just, it was really unique to be on the outside of the Royals, but bringing people in somewhere that I think they all wanted to be. It seems like it's a pretty tough experience overall to sum up in just one thought. So I guess kind of take us day by day because there's the parade where all of the living yep. Hall of Famers are coming down that, that main street in Cooperstown with all the little shops and ice cream parlors and things like that. It's it's a really idyllic setting for baseball, as you might expect. And then you've got the induction ceremony and the speeches, the unveiling of the plaque. You hosted a panel with Bob Kendrick and a couple other baseball luminaries. So I guess what was kind of the main takeaway for you, the, the experience that you think will resonate with you the most down the road? I have I have two or three I think forever lasting memories. Um, the the first is is that idyllic setting that you just talked about. I, I think that you hear about it, you expect it to be, you know, quaint and 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 pristine. You don't know how romanticized it is, but that romanticized thought was exactly right. And so, we got to town on Friday. Actually, stayed in Utica, New York, on Thursday night which uh, was a little bit closer to Syracuse, um, where, where the Storm Chasers are at. And, and then it's about an hour drive. It's not 60 miles. It's like 30-something miles, but back roads. And, and so you get into this, this quaint little town of Cooperstown. And we got in there on Friday and um, went over to Main Street. And Main Street on Friday was totally different than Main Street street on saturday which was totally different than main street on sunday meaning this that on friday there were hundreds of people walking around and it was really cool to see them walking in and out of the shops and walking down the streets and suddenly you look up and there's bob kendrick and joe posnanski who was also on that panel 
who wrote The Soul of Baseball, I think one of the great, not just baseball, but life books um, in existence, and it's one that I've read multiple times. And you, you see all these fans walking around. Traffic's blocked off on Main Street, but it wasn't packed, so you can get in and out of the shops, and you see every every team that you can think of, people are repping that gear, even if they didn't have someone in the Hall of Fame that weekend. I saw one guy wearing a Cincinnati Reds hat with a T-shirt that said the Pine Tar Incident. And, you know, you just just seeing this love of baseball from people all over the country and beyond. Saturday, you go down there to the street, and now it's not a hundred or hundreds of people. It's thousands upon thousands of people. And everybody's lined up for the parade route, and it's five to ten deep every step of the way. The forever memory that I will have, I told this on the, the Royals television broadcast on Valley Sports KC on Monday night was my wife and I were checking out the parade and it was hard to get a spot. And so I just said, well, if we're not going to be able to see too well, let's go over to that corner back there where it's nothing but people from the Dominican, all clad in Dominican colors and flags on their shirts and holding flags. And it was the best decision I made. I posted some of the, the videos on, on Twitter and social media because we always hear about the Dominican Republic being that haven for baseball and that passion and people growing up on the island loving baseball. And that's what I saw. They were there for Big Poppy David Ortiz, but they celebrated every Hall of Famer that went by like their own. And I could hear them, even though it was Spanish and I don't speak Spanish, they would they would see whoever was coming down the route in the parade. We were towards the front of it. And as soon as they saw the sign, they would somebody would say, oh, that's, that's Paul Molitor or... You know, that that's Robin Yount or that's George Brett. And and then they would decide what the chant was going to be. And I'm watching them as George Brett comes and they're all chanting, Georgie, Georgie, Georgie. And I'm thinking, I have never once in my life heard George Brett called Georgie. <laughs> but that's what they decided. And they were loving George Brett like he was a native son of the Dominican. And you could see the looks on these Hall of Famers who were used to waving in a parade, blown away by this one section I was in at the pure passion and love for just the sport of baseball. And you could see every time somebody came, oh, that's Trevor Hoffman. And 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 it's like, wow, we love that guy. And then Mariano Rivera is coming by and my wife had said they're, they're going to boo him right he's the Yankees and I said no no no, this isn't about Red Sox or Yankees and they started chanting not Mariano they started chanting Panama Panama it was just I'll never forget about how and then when when Big Poppy came that's the favorite son that's 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 the idol that that's the Michael Jordan that was the moment that was emotional it's pretty incredible how baseball so powerfully transcends any sort of borders or language barriers or what have you and the way that you're describing that parade and that experience there with all of the hall of famers there so much baseball media there so many people that have told baseball stories for decades that it, it kind of seems like the the soul of baseball in a way is in cooperstown and now rightfully so now that buck o'neill is also rightfully enshrined in cooperstown after a, a 16 year wait when he didn't get in 16 years ago and that you know difficult moment even though buck did go to Cooperstown and spoke on behalf of the Negro Leaguers that were inducted that year. But first off, Soul of Baseball, if you haven't read it, absolutely check it out. It's a terrific book by Joe Posnanski. Highly, highly recommend it. But, but Joel, when you look at Buck O'Neill's 
induction. Finally, he'd say it's right on time, but we know that it's long overdue. How do you contextualize what his induction means to both Kansas City, the the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, and basically the game of baseball writ large? Here's where I think it is right on time. And you're and of course you're right, Jake. I mean, it's not. He should have been in there already. However, at least in my mind, if you look at the significance of this, I, I mean, to me, if he goes in with all of those Negro Leaguers in 2006, then he's one of those 17. And I, I don't know that it's a matter of now he's better or worse or whatever than those 17. But I think he had his own moment. And he had his moment then, and that moment was about them. He did steal the show, but he did so in a way of perfectly honoring them and their legacies and the legacy of the Negro Leagues. But I mean, let's let's get down to business and money here, too. The Negro Leagues Baseball Museum is going to unveil a massive new campaign, I believe, this Friday. And I have some ideas, a little bit of what it's about. But whatever it is, and some of it I know, some of it I don't, it's going to be it's going to be a monumental campaign. And could they have done that without the most recent buck news? Maybe, but this news and this induction 16 years later, put the museum and Buck O'Neill and the Negro league squarely back in the forefront of people's minds. Again, it's on the minds of us here in Kansas city all the time because the access we have to the museum and the access we have to the incredible storytelling and passion of Bob Kendrick. But you know, I got home, uh, late Sunday night, actually early Monday morning, and um, I quickly turned on my my uh, DVR or whatever we call these things nowadays, and um, and saw that Bob Kendrick uh, was on CBS Sunday Morning, one of the great storytelling and feature shows on television, and has been for years. They don't do a whole lot of sports on that show, but there's the whole country getting a chance to once again hear the story of Bob Kendrick also of Minnie Minoso, as well as Bud Fowler and the history of the Negro Leagues. And so instead of that story being told in 2006 and then we kind of move on, it was retold again right now, which puts it on people's minds as this museum continues to grow uh, at a time in, in you know this country where there's a lot of turmoil, by the way, right now, too. And so so much of what those guys went through in the Negro Leagues, uh, while we are a better place now, uh, still, we still have a lot of work to do, and so I think it's very relevant. So, was he on time? No, but in many ways, it feel like it feels like he was on time because of, of the amount of attention that it brought to everyone. Well, we'll stay tuned for that news coming from the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum later this weekend. That, ladies and gentlemen, is called a tease. And, of course, if you haven't had the chance to go down there and check it out, check out that museum, it's it's truly incredible. You could go five times, yeah. six times, and the seventh time you go, you'll learn 12 new things that you didn't uncover before. Yeah. It's really it's, it's a terrific experience. We're, we're chatting here with Joel Goldberg on the Sarpy County Tourism pregame show, 11.05 first pitch between Omaha and Syracuse. And, Joel, we'll wrap up with this, kind of just taking a focus now on the Kansas City Royals not necessarily on Cooperstown, but you have sort of the second wave of this youth movement. Nick Prado's now called up. He's joined the lineup for the first time with Bobby Wood Jr. and MJ Melendez and Vinny Pasquantino, and then you have Kyle Isbell in the mix and Edward Olivares when he returns from the injured list. What's the vibe right now with the Kansas City Royals and all of the young talent that's, that's collected and is now ascended to the major league level after a couple of years of waiting for it? Right, and, you know, and more coming, as you know, too, and... I just, I think 
with a whole nother wave still to come and with these guys getting comfortable. I mentioned Vinny before. I'm not going to tell you or your audience anything you guys don't already know. This guy is a huge personality that loves the game. And you can't just step in to a big league clubhouse, whether you're a first-rounder or a later round pick, and just suddenly be the leader. But it's only a matter of time. And I've had so many people say this to me, from Rusty Koontz all the way down. It's only a matter of time till Vinny Pasquantino is one of the guys leading that clubhouse because it's who he is. You know that. It's only a matter of time until Nick Prado has a bigger voice and MJ Melendez and Bobby Wood Jr. in his quiet way that that this becomes their place. And they have been extremely welcomed by the veterans and they're fitting in great. But you could sort of see this changing of the guard. And that's not something that happens overnight as much as fans and, and we as fans can be very impatient. That, that this is just kind of slowly happening, but at the same time, it's happening quickly when you suddenly look up and you see a lineup. You know, you look at yesterday's lineup and you got Melendez in there and Pasquantino in there. Let's not forget about Emmanuel Rivera. Oh, by the way, he is still a rookie. And Nick Prado. Uh, Nicky Lopez is one of the older guys at, I think, 27 years old, and, and Bobby's been, been dealing with a little bit of a hamstring, but he'll be back in there soon. Uh, you look at uh, Angel Serpa, who, you, I mean, he's been mostly double-A, um, and, and he's looked great when he's been in the big leagues. He's getting opportunities. You look at the fact that, that, that you see Chris Bubich starting to come into his own. You see Brady Singer coming into his own of late. So it's just really intriguing because you're starting to see all of these guys' potential coming to life, uh, oftentimes at the same time. Exciting to watch from afar here in Omaha, and no doubt for you, Joel, exciting to cover in person down in Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium and beyond, wherever the Royals may be. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Jake, thanks for having me. Thanks, as always, for being a great resource to us as well. You know, and I just want to let your audience know that when we need insight or anything on, on, on anyone that's coming up, Jake's the guy that we call, and so we really appreciate that. <laughs> that's that's what we do. We'll be right back on the Sarpy County Tours and pregame show. Starting lineups are next, and then first pitch between Omaha and Syracuse right here on 1180 The Zone.